Hello, and welcome to the Collider Podcast. I'm Collider Senior Editor Matt Goldberg, and with me is Managing Editor Adam Chitwood. Howdy, folks. And Associate Editor Greg Smith. Howdy, folks. Today, we'll be talking about Mortal Kombat. Do, 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 do. Uh, the new version, the new 2021 version is now on HBO Max and in theaters, and we have seen it, and we decided to talk about it because people are I guess interested in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the 1995 version. And because I think it's I think it's interesting to, to compare them because if you look at sort of the life cycle of the video game movie, or not even the life cycle, but sort of the trajectory of it, the 1995 Mortal Kombat comes out very early. Like there were not a lot of video game movies before 1995's Mortal Kombat. There are like three, maybe, like, and one of them was like Mario. I think another one may have been Double Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm I'm struggling at that point. Uh, but the, the point is there weren't very many. The game itself had only been out for three years by that point. Um, so it wasn't like this storied institution. And now you get to 2021 and like Mortal Kombat is the institution. And there have been plenty of video game movies. And I think that's reflected in what the 2021 version is. Uh, so we'll dig into that, and then we'll kind of talk about video game movies in general. But uh, before we get to all that, Greg, what were your thoughts on the new Mortal Kombat? Hmm. I think my thoughts were, this is a, a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, I really, I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan. Um, I will pretty much talk about how the 95 movie is perfect at the drop of a hat, I play all the games. I love Mortal Kombat 11. So I think for like the first 20-ish minutes, I was really trying to root for this thing. I liked the Scorpion prologue. I liked some of the kind of horror-tinged moments. I liked some of the kind of like mercenary band of misfits, almost carpentry kind of stuff going on with people bantering and like, how are we going to pull this off? But it was kind of a slow realization that this film was kind of predicated on a debate about whether to participate in the tournament itself. <laughs> and I could just feel them like, oh, they're not going to give us anything. They're, this is all just an elaborate setup for the sequel that might not come. It just became such a weird, inert movie with kind of blank performances, a lot of them, and really choppy action. It just really fell apart for me and adam what about you i love this movie i did not love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> dead silence <laughs> i don't know i thought it was all right uh i i am not as steeped in mortal Kombat knowledge uh or the games um as greg or probably you matt um so i don't know like it's a bad movie, but I kind of had some fun with it. Like some of the fatalities were kind of cool. I thought, um, I don't, I don't know if I was just starved for like a new blockbuster and longtime listeners of this podcast will know that like one of my favorite pastimes would be like catching up on a forgettable or like disappointing or poorly reviewed blockbuster on HBO, like a year after it came out. So this was kind of just like that for me. And usually my my reaction to most of those is like, yeah, that was fine. Like, you know, I that's that's how I spent my Saturday afternoon. And that was fine. Um, 
but I don't know. This movie is coming at a weird time because it seems like it, it is a big hit. And I don't know if audiences are also just starved for a new release that's a blockbuster that has that scale and stuff. But even then, the movie itself felt um, like the the acting was really bad. And as Greg mentioned, the editing is really choppy and stuff. And I know that Greg will pull a fatality on me for saying this, but to me, that felt in line with the, the 90s Mortal Kombat. <laughs> No, both of you disagree. No, 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 I will no, give no, you no. the floor. <laughs> it has been it has been years since I have seen that version, but in my mind, that version is cheesy and silly, and this new version was also cheesy and silly. And so, to that end, I was kind of like, "Eh, all right, it's so, not good, but it's whatever." Let I let, if I can if I can step in and defend the ninety five. Let's relitigate. Let's relitigate. Paul W S Anderson. Let's go. Masterpiece of nineteen ninety cinema, Mortal Kombat. Here's the thing. You're right. It is cheesy and silly, but it knows it's cheesy and silly. Like that's the difference. It's like, like they're like, you know, who should play Ra- Raiden? And in the, in 1995, in 1995, it didn't really matter that like in the games, it's like Raiden is like a lord of Eastern mysticism that controls lightning. It's like, okay, let's get Christopher Lambert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Every time Christopher Lambert's on screen, he's going to show up and smirk like his life depends on it. He clearly thinks this is the dumbest thing ever. He's having the time of his life. Let's go for it. And it's that kind of attitude that I think really carries the film because like the acting isn't amazing, but it's first off, it has a good script structure. It's basically just ripping off uh, Enter the Dragon. It's like, there's a tournament. The tournament's run by someone evil. To get close to the evil guy, we have to go in the tournament fine, whatever. And like, it adds a little, you know, supernatural outworld earth realm stuff, whatever, but it like the structure of the, the screenplay is sound. And then from there, it's just kind of goofy. And it's like, we have fights. There's a guy with four arms. You know, he looks like a, a Muppet on roids. It knows what it is. And it's not like winking at the audience. Just, it just Hold on, hold on. I'm just imagining the Swedish chef on steroids right now. <laughs> well, that's Goro, my friend. That is Goro. Okay. And it's just, it, it's not that it's like dismissing what it is, but it's also like, it's a 1995. It's probably a, it's probably a cheap, quick cash in for new line cinema. Paul, T- Paul W.S. Anderson had fun with it. I almost said Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> I was about to say, I want to see his. Movie. That would be amazing. I would. I'm I would say 1995, Paul Thomas Anderson, same energy. Same energy. Yeah. <laughs> Hard eight and then Mortal Kombat. Uh, so yeah, I feel like it's, it knows that it's fun. And 2021 is just, burdened by this self-seriousness that drags everything down like that's the thing it is cheesy it is kind of corny but it's so wooden that you don't get to have fun with it like it's hard to have fun with a movie that opens with like the warring sub-zero and scorpion clans and sub-zero kills scorpion's family and like scorpion like mourns and you know like and there but there's a a special scorpion baby and it's just like you're just taking it so seriously whereas in like the 1995 version scorpion and johnny cage like go to a hell dimension made of cobwebs and ladders and just because (laughs) and it's like sure okay and it's that sort of thing where it's just like there's just so much explanation with the 2021 version like it's all explanation like why does kano have a laser eye well you see, he tapped into his arcana. I'm like, who cares? It's a laser <laughs> eye. I don't just say he has a laser eye and spare. No, 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 no. He has to learn to use his arcana because 
why doesn't everyone have special abilities? I don't know, man. Why is there a special tournament that determines the fate of the world? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, where are you drawing the line? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really... The 2021 Mortal Kombat really gets bogged down in, like, procedure and mechanics and rules and table setting. And the 95 version, like you say, it really just kind of gives it to you. It gives it to you straight. I, it also does open the 95 version with a kind of serious depiction of familial violence. Shang Tsung kills Liu Kang's brother, turns to the camera, says, your brother's soul is mine. I have the whole movie memorized. Uh, <laughs> it does kind of set up a similar like family revenge trauma kind of thing. But then it follows through on that. It follows Liu Kang's arc. It follows that journey. With the Scorpion thing, if they had just showed the movie of like Scorpion going to hell, becoming Scorpion, coming back, getting revenge, that's a better movie. But because they kind of start with that, then completely drop it on this weird, oddly like self-contained training slash rules montage and then at the very end drop in that i guess the hidden scorpion baby eventually leads us to cole young it just doesn't mean anything it's just (laughs) just, kind of like arbitrary and it smacks of like studio notes like i've I've heard like this movie's for fans is it is it for fans because fans don't need a cole young surrogate to explain all the mortal Kombat stuff and to slow the movie down you know, like the original Liu Kang is the protagonist, basically. Liu Kang, a character from the game. But I don't need to invent some new guy whose special power is, I think, who I don't forget who said it in our Slack, but he has a wicker basket for uh, for armor. Like, it's like, it's weird that this is this is our guy. He doesn't have much of a personality. It's like he fights because he cares about his family. And like, that's the thing. Like, it all, it's like some studios like, okay, well, you can't just drop people in. You need someone to explain to the non-fans what what is happening. So we need this audience circuit. And he has to have people that he cares about uh, to show his reason for fighting. So give him like a wife and a daughter or something. It doesn't matter. And so he'll go into the, the thing. And then, you know, you just got to explain things. Like you can't just have like <laughs> Kano shooting laser beams out of his eyes. Because then people are like, well, why can't anyone shoot laser beams out of their eyes? Because audiences are not as bright as me a studio executive at Warner Brothers Studios. So we have to explain where someone gets their powers from and that'll be like when they get their powers. And then like, I, and at no point does the screenwriter raise his hand and be like, uh, shouldn't we get to the Mortal Kombat tournament that is teased in the title? And I'll be like, no, no, we've seen that before. No one wants to go back to that. Let's Let's do a variation on that where they kind of do Mortal Kombat, but not really. And that's kind of what the movie is like for a movie called Mortal Kombat that offers you this kind of tournament sports movie structure like that's kind of inherent in the title. It works. It's like the entire movie is like, well, the bad guys don't want to play fair. And so we have to do our own. I'm so frustrated. I'm getting angry all over again. It is frustrating. Just talking about it. The title of this podcast is is three guys mad online about Mortal. Three Kombat white angry. guys angry about Mortal Kombat. A quintessential movie podcast. Finally, <laughs> listen. I liked when the guy threw his hat. I thought that was fun. <laughs> yeah, when Kung Lao slices uh, Melina in half with his hat. That's fun. It's not Melina. It's Bird Person. Oh, it's Natara. Excuse Bird me. Person. Excuse me. Get it right. When you know, I wanted to. Look, I'm no I'm no 
artsy fartsy whatever. 1995's Mortal <laughs> That's my Kombat. My job, artsy fartsy whatever. <laughs> I love the original Mortal Kombat. I love action cinema. I love well directed fight scenes. I wanted to just vibe with the fight scenes in this. And granted, I came into it with pretty high expectations because for this very website, I kind of plowed through hours of set visits and interviews where the director and the producer and the actors all talked about how they had crafted the best fight scenes in movies and how it was all fluid shots and unedited stuff and long takes and 50 beats of choreography in one shot. And this thing, some of these scenes were like incomprehensible to follow. Yeah. Especially in that, like the divide and conquer montage where Mm -hmm. we're cutting in between. I was like, I can't tell what's going on. And it also doesn't make a lot of sense because it's not like you cast like Mark Wahlberg or someone like someone who can't <laughs> fight for real. Um, it's like you cast Louis Tan, Joe Taslim, uh, Ludi Lin. Like these are all guys with martial arts training. Like they can do the they can do the shots. You don't have to cut around them to make it look like they can. They can do it, and yet it treats them like they can't. Yeah. Well, because they're training, Matt. They haven't gotten to Mortal Kombat yet. Even when they get to their fake, <laughs> their sort of fake Mortal Kombat, where it's like, let's just cram three fights in one. Which no, is, but again, I would, be- I would bet there were conversations about that, about like, well, they can't be good in this movie because they have to be good at, in the second movie. In the next and movie, so they have to look like crap in this film. Yeah, because it's, a, it's an extended origin story. Yeah, I was far more invested in the opening. I thought the opening of the film was really exactly. Cool. I was really into it. And if that was the tone, if you're going to go with like a somber, mm-hmm. kind of like a samurai tone, yes. so you could blend that that hardcore violence, but you've got really still shots, um, you know, really carefully choreographed uh, cinematography and stuff. It was like, oh, okay, like I can hang with this. And then it like smashes to like Joe Blow Boxer Man fighting for his family. And it's like, I've seen this movie. Not just so Joe Blow times. Boxer Man, but failed MMA fighter. Like, he's not even, like, the best MMA fighter. He's just an MMA fighter. And I I do think there is something, you know, giving it all of the benefits of the doubt in the world. Uh You can craft, like, a good underdog story where a washed-up MMA fighter who has the goods and lost them finds his mojo back, right? That's kind of what they did with Johnny Cage in the 95 film, and to an extent what they did with Liu Kang, but... This movie just gives him no journey to go on when he like takes that leadership in sarcastic air quotes position near the third act and gives that horrible divide and conquer speech. I feel like he's learned nothing. Nothing has changed about him. Nothing has not only has nothing changed about him, but lest lest we forget prior to that scene, he was like, you know what? Mortal Kombat, not for me. Oh yeah. He gives up. He goes home. (laughs) He gives up and goes home. The fate of the world is on the line. His family could die in the hellfire of Outworld. And he's like, you know what? Not for me. This is, this is like, it's like a, it's like a weekend retreat that didn't pan out. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you you can can keep the deposit. It's okay. I'll eat the cost, whatever. (laughs) You can also really feel that the, the wife and the child were just, that was a note. Like, Mm-hmm. It's just can you plug give us another reason to care about him? It's like, well, what if you get a wife and a child? They're just like plug and play because that entire story yeah. plays the same without them. Uh, yes, it does. It's just, <laughs> there's no reason for them to exist. They have no agency. Uh, it's just that cloying, like, but he has a wife and a daughter, therefore I care about him. Yeah, as it's opposed to as opposed to Jax, who I guess we care about because Sonia cares about him and he cares about her, and then his arms got reattached by monks. <laughs> 
Well, it's like his little know, baby arms. Little baby arms. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. Like his, like so. Here's my question about Jax, right? So Jax had a tattoo. He was in the he was in the tournament, and if you're in the tournament, you got the little Mortal Kombat uh, birthmark. That means you have an Arcana that can be that you can discover. If his arms had not been ripped off, would his Arcana mm. be the same? Mm. <laughs> a good question but also why is he like listen i just met you but i'm gonna go sacrifice my life for you it's totally cool yeah i'm gonna uh, go i don't know who you are but or also, maybe he knew he was from a bloodline or something i don't know uh sonia did very explicitly for what felt like a half an hour say literally everything she knew <laughs> about mortal Kombat. <laughs> maybe she dropped like and there's there's one guy who might be the there's a one I'm, yeah I'm, I'm going so to her tired. And she's like, "Listen, I've been tracking this for years. It goes back ages." <laughs> it's okay. the it's the Pepe Silvia scene with Sonya. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I am so tired. I am so tired of lineage stories. Yeah, I'm so tired of yeah. like the hero is important because they're related to somebody important. It, yeah, it's it not inspiring. Too, no, it's not inspiring. It makes it very. Uh, it's it's nepotism essentially. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, and, and to me, it's the, it's the evolution of, I don't know if you guys remember this, but like back in the 2010s, 2000s, 2010s, there were a lot of movies that were like, we need the special blood. Like you oh, have blood yeah. that Steal is special. special you have super Star Trek blood. into darkness, Star Trek into darkness, mm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2, all like you have special blood. <laughs> I'm remembering Harry Osborne just being like, Peter, what's up? Uh, can I have your blood? <laughs> <laughs> like literally, that's a scene that happens. In it's that a movie. scene that happens like your like, blood listen, is Peter. special and I need your blood. And then Peter, your... I don't have time to explain. <laughs> Give me like, hanging out in his office. He's already he's get got like scabs on his face, and it's like, never mind that. I just need your blood. I just so, need your blood. And Peter's like, no. And Chris Cooper's like, why am I in this movie? <laughs> and then later. <laughs> Apparently, the solution for for Dane DeHaan is to become an evil troll doll. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. But no, it's not the thing. Like, these sort of tropes, they kind of start recurring in Hollywood screenplays. And I don't know why. Um, I'm sure someone who's closer to the industry, like to the the epicenter of it, can probably explain it better. But, you know, these tropes occur just like uh, there was the save the cat of it all. When, like, you know, at one point, your villain must become captured because that was part of their plan. But like this like whole three huge blockbusters in a row all did that. Yeah, <laughs> it was the Avengers, Star Trek Rises, Skyfall. Yeah, Star Trek into Darkness. Star Trek into Darkness. <laughs> it's like oh dark, yeah, the this Dark Knight, the... Joker in the in the jail cell. Yeah, yeah. Dark Thor Knight the too. Thor the Dark World does that. Um, don't bring Thor the Dark World in. Well, it does. You just gotta bring it down. <laughs> yeah. If you were way down. If you were to give me ten thousand dollars to name the villain of Thor the Dark World. <laughs> I could not is, do it. This is a recurring joke on this podcast. <laughs> a running joke. I know it. It's Malkith. No, it's not. It's Malukith. Malukith. Who cares? <laughs> Malkith. Wow. I can't pronounce it, but I know it. You know, you you'd give me credit for that if I was on Jeopardy. Okay. No, I was about extra, to say they would not on Jeopardy. They wouldn't because of pronunciation. No yeah. way. For an extra hundred, what is the difference between Malakith and Kaisilis? <laughs> um, there letters? is no difference. There is no difference. Trick there question. They are the same. Anyway, back to Mortal Kombat. <laughs> we just don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about it. I don't know. It's We'd just... rather talk about Thor the Dark World than Mortal Kombat. I kind of Well, would. no, the thing about the chosen narrative 
which is stupid about this movie is that it's a roundabout way of being like, aha, your protagonist is connected to Mortal Kombat all along. And the easy fix of that is to just make him a character from the game. Exactly. <laughs> right. Just make him. Well, just not just to make him a character, but just assume like the, the what bothers me about it is like, it's like, oh, we care so much about the fans and we have to like, but you don't care about the fans because you don't trust that any audience member that's not a fan would ever be on board with this. And I get that there are scenarios where if, you, if you're if you too loyal to the source material, you end up alienating the outsider audience. And I think that I think that did happen with Warcraft is a recent example. Like Warcraft is very faithful to the games. And it's like, if you haven't played the games, it's kind of confusing, but I kind of like that it just makes, it at least makes the choice and, and is daring enough to be like, we are going to embrace this and hope that people get on board. They didn't, but you get a fun fantasy movie out of it. <laughs> like Mortal Kombat is just like, the obviously the, the protagonist should probably be like Scorpion. Like it should probably be like a guy who goes to hell and is like driven by rage. Like it's a revenge story, but like they didn't trust that like, well, we can't just put this on Scorpion, like even though Scorpion, I would, I would argue is the most, like maybe other than Sub-Zero is the most recognizable character from the game. Like he's been around since the first one. Everyone know, like you people, pro like they knew it was like get over here was popular enough to put it on the poster as the tagline. So this notion that like, yeah, people know Scorpion, but what they, what would be better is like an unknown audience surrogate character that can guide people through Mortal Kombat and then not even do Mortal Kombat. Like, it's just, it's a weird thing to be like, this is for the fans when it feels openly almost disdainful of the fans. Like it assumes it has their dollar. And so it's trying to reach everyone else. But then it, have the fans reacted. Do you guys have any like gauge on that? Uh, just anecdotally, a lot of my friends who are also fans seem to find it fine enough. Yeah. There seems to be kind of a like fan cultural uh, conclusion of like, you know, it was people fighting. It was fine. <laughs> and that kind of bums me out a little bit. I'm like, yeah. you, should, very ex low you should expect a little more. Yeah, it's know. a very low bar to clear. Like, that's the thing. The thing that gets in my six of my crop about Mortal Kombat isn't so much like, oh, it wasn't loyal enough to the games. Because I haven't played all the games. Like, I played some of them. But like, it, it's more that it's not fun. Yeah. It's consistently has trouble being fun. And I know that that's more of a abstract concept. Like it's hard to be like, make it fun, but it, it again, it's so self-serious about everything that it's doing. And I kind of wish it would lean into its weirder aspects. Like, I think mm -hmm. it knows that Kano is kind of like a scoundrel and like, let's Josh Lawson have a bunch of fun sort of one-liners and be an asshole. Um, I like that Cabal is from Brooklyn, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's a kind of a fun touch. And I think it just needs more of that, like, fun stuff. But it's like, no, there is a serious battle between Sub-Zero and Scorpion and also Scorpion's great, 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 great grandson. Yeah. Scorpion Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow Scorpion returned, yeah. <laughs> it's it it It's trying to be every movie at once, right? It's trying to be a somber scorpion revenge movie. It's trying to be a fun Jack squishing somebody's head like a grape and saying, yeah, these fuckers are good. It's trying to be for the hardcore fans with all this fan service and obscure characters. It's trying to be an orienting new movie with this blank Cole Young guy. 
just pick one thing and, and do that well, you know? Yeah. And I think the problem, I think the reason they couldn't do it well is because now Mortal Kombat is like a valuable IP. Yeah. Like in 1995, no one really knew. Like no, 1995, it's like, oh, here's this popular arcade game. And yeah. kids dump quarters into it. Exactly. Let's it was like, some... it was for kids specifically. It's PG-13. They knew it was for kids. Like that's the thing. And, and the fact that the film... A film based on a video game known for its violence was able to be still be PG-13 and be good, I think tells us that, yeah, fatalities are fun and it's nice when they're, you know, it'd be, it's, it's, they're neat, but they're not exactly the, the totality of the film. Just get a sponsorship from Surge Cola and give everyone a free koosh ball when you go see Mortal Kombat. There you go. <laughs> I would recant my entire position. That sounds so fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but you're right like that was the and i watched double dragon as a kid that movie terrified me because it, it was just really grotesque but they could get away with that kind of stuff um yeah i think i think this movie has a huge tone problem it doesn't know what it wants to be and greg as you said it doesn't know even know what kind of story it wants to be which is fine but as you know i feel like we're seeing I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because Godzilla vs. Kong similarly was a huge hit. So same thing, same thing. And my question is, like, had this been not after a pandemic, had this been normal times, would Mortal Kombat be a movie that just was released? It did okay. You know, the trades write about the the video game movie curse, and then we forget about it. Yeah, I think that's what would have happened because it was originally supposed to open in January. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. it was it was like a dumping ground. It was a dumping ground, yeah. Wow. And then they're like, "Well, people are so desperate for what we're dishing out, and like the trailer got a good response. Let's put it in April," and they did. And like, yeah. it's kind of funny to me. Like these Warner Brothers films are like getting all this attention, and with the exception of Judas and the Black Messiah, they're all pretty bad. <laughs> like I'm trying to. <laughs> Do you need me to pull up the screen brag of grab of Jared Leto peeking in, in <laughs> the little things again? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's the that last is time. Good. That is the cinema. last time the three of us talked was to also just <laughs> yeah. obliterate yeah. a Warner Brothers movie, right? And like, I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to think like, what's the next one after this? It's the Angelina Jolie firefighter movie. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. Yeah, those who wish yeah. me dead, um, which is interesting because that's like Taylor Sheridan, and that he tends to go more dramatic. But like all their blockbusters, his, his stuff is yeah. So yeah, I mean it's it's grim as hell, and it's and yet. I look at those who wish me dead and it seems kind of fucking stupid. Like if it weren't like Taylor Sheridan, it's like, okay, what's the plot of this movie? There's a kid on the run from assassins and a firefighter has to save him. Like that sounds like the plot of a Howie Long movie. Is it the plot of a Howie Long movie? Is it the plot of Firestorm? I don't know. It sounds like a really great 90s thriller to me and I'm into it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm at least glad it's like an original story. I don't no, know. I mean, look, I think it'll be entertaining. It's just, it's weird to say the plot out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but- almost kind of sad and I don't disagree with it. So I think that the, I, one of the things I am most excited about doing this year is seeing In the Heights in a movie theater, a crowded yeah. movie theater. I also feel like if you released In the Heights right now, it would be like a sensation on streaming. So it's kind of interesting because once In the Heights comes in June, I feel like there are going to be other movies and it'll be interesting to see what the marketplace is there. Not to say it won't be a huge hit. I think it still probably will be successful. Um, but we are being fed kind of like, yeah, here's the middling blockbusters. Right. Like, the, I mean, the really seems, good one we're saving. Right. I don't know. It makes me feel like I, I'm kind of curious. Like, is this just 
the dumping ground stuff or is this just like what Warner Brothers makes now? Um, like, I don't know if I should be excited for the Suicide Squad or not. Like, you know, yeah, on paper, you know, good cast, James Gunn, you know, fun superhero film, sure. But, you know, you kind of game it out and be like, well, Warner Brothers keeps tripping over their own dicks. So who knows? I would say not always. I think, you know, and they have always been one of my favorite film studios because they'll do something like Blade Runner 2049, which is just such a <laughs> well, different kind of a block. They'll do something like Blade Runner 2049 and then fail completely at the marketing of it. Yes, that's also true. Uh, although they were hamstrung by, uh, by a deal with Alcon. They, they were, were hamstrung somewhat, certain. but they also assumed, wow, I just assumed a lot of people had seen the original Blade Runner and then <laughs> they, they had it and they had it. They didn't bother to like re-release the original Blade Runner. And then they made the exact same mistake like two years later when um, Dr. Sleep came out. They're like, oh, I'm sure there are a lot of Shining fans and Dr. Sleep didn't perform yeah. all that well. So but I will movie... say for the movies themselves, though, it mm. feels like there is a there is an unfettered creative freedom there in terms of, of making Sometimes there is and sometimes there isn't. That's sometimes true. there's like Not you always. can go off and do your own thing. And then other times it's like here are a billion notes and now we will subject everyone to release the whatever cut. I mean, if you're a director who's making like a like a superhero team up movie, you get to do whatever you want. And the cut of the film that you release is exactly the cut that you wanted to release. We know that to be true. That is just a fact. <laughs> I genuinely was talking about all of that and had the Snyder cut had not entered my mind, <laughs> the whole justice league fiasco. Um, so yes, it does. And it does not happen, but with like Taylor Sheridan and with someone like James Gunn, who like they came to him 72 hours after he's fired my Marvel and were like, please do whatever you want. Like, tell us what you want us to fuck. Like we'll do anything. Come and work with us. So it feels like he Yeah. Is so yeah, I mean it feels like that'll be his cut, but for better I, or worse, you know. For I, better or worse. I, I disdain super. I also do feel like, you know, for all these, you know, movies rolling off the assembly line of um the theatrical HBO Max hybrid. I, first off, I don't think it's been that successful for HBO Max. Like they won't mm. say it, but you can see like the fact that they've already come out and been like we're not doing this 2022. We're not going to do it. And there, the number of subscribers added was not at the goal that they wanted. Yeah, it's not the goal that they morning. wanted. I would not be surprised. And I've said this before, if Dune is just becomes theatrical only mm -hmm. by the time. And I would be October. more than happy for that to be the case. Yeah, I'd be thrilled. But for Mortal Kombat, <laughs> dump it on HBO Max. This is what you get. You get it. I mean, honestly, like. Do I want to see Space Jam a new legacy in a theater? <laughs> like, really want to see oh, Space, I... yes. Space Jam a new legacy at all? <laughs> Greg is Hard like, yes. of course I do. Yeah, of course I do. Absolutely. Um, we skipped over uh, Tom and Jerry, which is a movie that exists, that exists. And, and was released by them. Um, the next, yeah, I guess the next one is uh, Taylor Sheridan, but then they've also got the Conjuring sequel. Which oh yeah, I'm into that. About that, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I guess I, you know, just to steer it back to Mortal Kombat for a second, what would you guys, based on this film, would you still want to see a Mortal Kombat sequel? Just at the very least, because it can't be worse than this. And because at least I think they will do a tournament. Yeah. At the very least. It know? feels like this is one of those, again, it's another symptom of, of the way Hollywood is making movies 
is like, this is the big origin story. And it's like, you don't have, not everything needs an origin story. Not everything needs to be explained. Like, it's weird that like without remorse, and I can talk about it because the review embargo I lived through today is like an origin story for, for that character, for the Michael B. Jordan character. And it's like, do we really need an origin story for this guy? I mean, yes, it's his, like, it is like in the books, it's an origin story as well, but you could just get to the good stuff now rather than being like, no, I have to show shareholders that we have a plan. Mm. I mean, you know, Hunt for Red October, there is no origin story in that. I mean, I guess it is an origin story itself, but it's a self-contained story and it's- Yeah, and no one gave a crap. And by by the time you get to like Jack Ryan shadow recruit, it's like, no, no, we need a Jack Ryan origin story. (laughs) We need the definitive origin story. We need to show people where Jack Ryan came from. And it's like a one and done thing. Yeah. I think and I think, of... oh, go ahead. No, I, I just think, you know, it, it's the marvel of the marvelification of everything mm-hmm. yeah. to the point where, you know, Todd Garner, the producer of this film, explicitly name checked the MCU is what he wants to do with this franchise. But I think a lot of people forget that the best kind of way to be introduced to a character is through active action. Mm-hmm. It's not to like, push stop and stand in our tracks and say here's who i am it's to watch how they react and act during a thing you know we watch iron man the first mcu film like go through a journey and do stuff and we get we get who he is yeah Yeah. and and the narrative structure of that entire film is you're dropped right in the middle of it exactly and you get to know tony before you and they made it up as they went along so there you go (laughs) so so much for planning true um I don't know. My, to... my answer is I would watch a Mortal Kombat sequel a year after it comes out when it's on HBO. Mm, yeah. <laughs> the urgency is somewhat fled. Yeah. And I'm trying to think As of like... someone who's not a huge Mortal Kombat fan, and I saw this one, I was like, ah, mm-hmm. if it's going to be more of that, like, I don't really, I don't yeah. feel the urgency to get out. And I'm trying to think what other video game movies are even in the pipeline right now. Like, I know there's Tomb Raider 2. There's an animated Mario Brothers from Animated Mario Brothers, which I think is the right venue. There's a Sonic sequel coming mm-hmm. up. Teenage Mutant um, Ninja Turtles from Rogan and Goldberg. I, you know, I consider that a comic book adaptation. You know, that's its original form. Um, sure. I'm just Fine. saying, like, if, let's like, fight origi- about it. Let's <laughs> fight about it. Let's fight about <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's what a I just played that scrolling. Do. I just played that scrolling <laughs> arcade game over and over and over. Yeah. I mean, it's the best. Um, yeah, and now I'm starting to. I mean, I know they're out there. Oh, well, no, Dungeons and Dragons is tabletop. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's it'll Halo keep... is probably the biggest thing on deck right now. Yeah, the Halo TV series, <laughs> which will definitely happen. Oh, and there's I mean, the it, last, there's the last of us. They're filming it. Oh, the Last of Us. That's right. Yeah, that the Last of Us huge. is huge. Yeah. 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 Oh, and Uncharted. Uncharted. Oh is, yeah, which I will think... finally happen. <laughs> I know, right? I think that's going to be a mess, man. I think that's oh, Uncharted. That's gonna to be me, bad. Uncharted. Like to me, there's always a film <laughs> that has been in production for longer than it should be yeah and then when it comes out it's not the worst thing ever but no one gives a shit Mm -hmm. and like the last film that i think kind of filled that role was pride and prejudice and and zombies Mm -hmm. which was in development forever and had david o russell attached at one point much like (laughs) uncharted and like uncharted has just been gone and on and on and i think it's going to come out i don't think it's going to be terrible i just think it's going to be really forgettable and kind of like a shrug and people are like really you spent you know 15 years making that 
when they got a new director like a couple of months before they started filming so it just reeks it's, of like we have to go now yeah it has just, to Tom holland is busy i don't care who's making it just make the movie just they got um, um on a cliff reuben fleischer is that right yeah reuben yeah, fleischer yeah. who will who will mm-hmm. shoot the film yeah <laughs> chung hun chung is the uh cinematographer though so that's exciting it'll be pretty yeah although he also did zombie land double tap which i thought was fine so yeah um so yeah we'll see how video game movies play out and uh it know. does feel like people have stopped talking about the curse though because that was always the thing you talked about when mm-hmm. the new video game movie was coming out but i just, did not see anyone discussing it in mortal Kombat. yeah i think it's just kind of become passe at this point because like yeah. even the like the films themselves are kind of serviceable and like there's even like there's a, i forgot there's a new resident evil coming out i was just year. about to say yeah you know and it, so Maybe it'll be fine show. And maybe, and I don't want to be like video game movies will never be good in the same way that like superhero movies were a lot, most part, pretty bad for a while. And no one talked about like a superhero movie curse, probably because like there were a couple big ones that like Superman was beloved, Batman was beloved, but most of them were bad. And so, but no one talked about it. So we'll see. Well, Greg, thank you so much for joining us to talk about Mortal Kombat. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. If you want to keep up with this podcast, you should follow us on Twitter. Greg, where can people find you on Twitter? Oh, you can follow me at Smith L. Greg. And Adam, where can we find you? At Adam Chitwood. You can find me at Matt Goldberg. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back with you next week with a special guest. Uh, we're very excited to talk to this person, and uh, we think you'll be excited to hear it. So tune in there.